You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back, and it is game week. Right here on the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire gang is here. We're getting ready for OU to host... Tulane over the weekend. That was, uh, boy, a lot of fun. Uh, messing with all that stuff this week and uh, getting everybody pissed off at me again. Uh, and Tulane, I don't know what you call what Tulane did uh, once the news came out and it got delayed and then it eventually happened and their athletic director was on Twitter and, you know, denying it and, you know, that it hadn't been finalized and, uh, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. But now we're ready for football. Uh, all our media is finished here on a Wednesday. We had the player interviews this morning. Talked to Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch yesterday. Uh, and now we welcome in the entire gang. Let's start off with uh, Bob Prisbello. I want to, I want to, I want to celebrate your life today, Bob. All right. He's, he's dying of cancer. Can't, can't wait. Actually, no. Oh my God. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> He's not sick. Talk okay. about breaking my news. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Bob. Thank you. How uh, how were your uh, press conferences this week? How did you feel you did? Grade yourself on a scale of one to ten. I did okay. I got the questions asked that that I wanted to, and then you know I think you know just hearing about the nickel position was something that that was on my priorities for the week with jeremiah Cordell and to end the rumors about billy bowman going to running back too but now to sort of learn that maybe because of Cordell being out for part of camp maybe bowman ends up starting it i know grinch would said they'd name those guys friday but i'm sort of wondering if those become interchangeable parts just like so many of the other positions Throughout the roster. Now we did have, you know, we didn't have the Monday uh, depth chart, which we kind of gotten used to. It came out later in the week, right? It's come out, right? The depth chart. Officially? No, no, We've never got a fucking depth no. chart. No, we don't have our orgs. There are Watch no orgs yet. Yeah, I got it. Okay, we don't criticize anymore. Okay, I got you. Um, don't tweet it's about fucking ridiculous. How do we not have a? <laughs> how do we not have a depth chart? I, I seriously though, like I, I thought it was coming out yesterday, but. They got, I thought it would be in today. I'll give them a 24-hour period from uh, yeah. the taping. And it's it's Wednesday afternoon. I want to say, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they told me that it would be Thursday, but I thought it was going to be Tuesday. I thought that, it was Tuesday. I thought it was going to be thought Tuesday it was where we were going to get one. Because they did put out the game notes. And, they're and just that's was, usually where they right. are for people that don't know. And I will say this, like at least Lincoln Riley did something that he doesn't usually do, which he just flatly told us that... that Tyrese Robinson is their starting right tackle. That was gave almost jaw dropping. Gave us three of the five starters. Yeah, 
Tyrese Robinson, Chris Murray, and uh, Marquise Hayes. And I'll I'll bring Josh in here because you've been hearing the scuttlebutt as well, but uh, something potentially going on with Andrew Rame uh, might be COVID protocol related. Uh, Lincoln said that you know the only person they were missing was uh, Peoples going into this game. Uh, that's Ryan Peoples, uh, not Peoples in general. Uh, but I don't know, John. There seems to be a lot of smoke out there about Andrew Rame. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you're hearing it from too many places, and then all of a sudden, you you see it, um, you know, from people that have obviously good sources, and then Lincoln Riley himself start mentioning starts mentioning Robert Congle, who no one has mentioned or heard from, or I mean, he really hasn't been discussed since he announced his transfer to Oklahoma, and now all of a sudden he may beat out Andrew Rame at center. I I struggle with that. I mean, you know. Maybe he's had a last great 10 days of practice, maybe. But when you think about the two things separately, it makes a lot of sense. I guess the good news on that, though, is is we did get finally a percentage number from Lincoln uh, talking about percentage that are vaccinated. And if it's at 95%, you're literally talking about a couple of people that would have to go through the quote-unquote full entire protocol, right? Well, yeah, I mean, said all you said all staff, so that takes with them. So you're talking about it just have to be some of the players, and, and we know one of them, the Michael punter. Turk, yeah, the punter, <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, but and the he's ones... been eating enough dominoes this past month to make up for everything. Really, he's been I don't. Domino's oh, guy. I don't think he'll get COVID just because of the dominoes. Uh, I, you know, it's yeah, it is. It's the, kind of one of those things. If you have the vaccine, if you've been vaccinated, you you don't have to follow the protocols of the unvaccinated. It's just like the NFL. Uh, it's much harder to make it through a season if you're unvaccinated than vaccinated. I mean, we believe in vaccinations here at Sooner Scoop. I think we're all vac- vaccinated. Yeah. Yep. Well, I might have just, right, just lied to you guys. I, you never know. You never asked for my... Uh... My card. And I remember. I remember because you took a picture, and I was. Yeah, this I was, was back in Monty. the day. You're fuming. I carry is, it. This, I carry it with this me. This is this is me. How paranoid I was at the time. You took a picture, and granted, I got the vaccine pretty early too. Uh, maybe I pulled some strings. Uh, maybe I knew somebody, but Fauci. Uh, I didn't know Fauci. An asshole. Um, not not him. You. No, I actually I, I did mean it for him. Wait, what? Who would you rather call a fucking asshole? Your boss or someone that you don't know? <laughs> Think this over. Uh, Think this through. Well, I mean, I only meant it for one person. It was Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you got your shot and you took a picture. I was like, I was freak out boss guy. I was like, take that down. Take it down right now. <laughs> I was like, it's already been retweeted hundreds of times. <laughs> Can't do that. The internet doesn't lie. I mean, Which I'm, is amazing because you think of all the shit that Eddie has put on Twitter, and, and that may have care. been the first thing that we're like, and knock it care. off, knock <laughs> it off. But I mean, it was just one of those things because people were getting canceled for getting the the vaccine, or like it was like famous celebrities and what stuff. A wild like, world we live in. People were going for after him, and I was like, the food chain. I was like, that's, that's I don't know if local media is ever going to get to the level of being canceled for vaccinations, but let's stop it before it starts. Yeah, we we should have seen what has become coming. Because people were getting canceled for getting the vaccine. <laughs> they were getting canceled for jumping the line, I thought. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. No, yeah, I that mean, was what it was. And, yeah. and that's what it was. I mean, and, you know, like, 
everybody gets it, but it was, uh, it, I don't know. I, I couldn't share Carrie's concern, but like I, I, at that point, it was all so new. You didn't know what way anything was going to play. Yeah, it was just one of those stupid things. I mean, we, it, like even now, we're so far away from it, we can look back on it and talk because we've never talked mm-hmm. about it before. But I don't know. I've had too many brushes with the cancel culture lately. I don't. <laughs> I should take my own advice sometimes. That'll be on the separate pod. Uh oh. I think we just we had a little glitch. There we go. We're still going. Is that good? Okay. Yes. Um, little recording glitch. Um, I was like, that was a pretty good first eight minutes. We need that. We got it. It's still there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, but I mean, 95% back the, on the, track. And the Andrew Rame stuff, it's just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just kind of holding out hope that at some point over the next couple of days, he would be cleared, could be cleared. I don't even know if he's not cleared. You know what I mean? I guess I'm, I'm looking for an angle to get him back on the field sooner than later. But with that said, I don't even know if he's been missing time, right? It's only been insinuated. Great point, Eddie. I'm sorry. I'm doing business. No, I, I, I agree, Eddie. Like, there is this, this star. I mean, what did we start hearing about this? Almost a week ago now? Friday like, there's night, a possibility yeah. it can be cleared. Like, I mean, th- that exists. It's just, well, again, without knowing the exact day, or, you know, like Eddie said, even acknowledging that there's a possibility that th- there may be some half truths in here, it's, it's hard to know where. It begins where it ends. What's kind of real? I honestly, I thought when Lincoln came out, based on some of the stuff we'd heard, we were going to hear, you know, Andrew Rame, and not why, but just he wasn't going to be available for the game. So for him to leave that kind of open in there makes me think that that's that possibility still exists. I, you know, I what here's here's where you know I kind of took it too is that Lincoln mentioned Robert Congle by name and like. I, you know, that's not really a name that you've heard a lot. I mean, we started kind of hearing it behind the scenes, like he would be the guy when the rumors started coming out. If, if he wasn't, it would be Robert Congle. But uh, it also kind of shows you that Chris Murray pretty much just works at guard. He like, solidified himself yep. at right guard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just, that's where he fits, and he just never fit in at center. I think they would have liked for him to be the center, but he just never worked. It, it, it's kind of funny. You look at the, uh, and it sounds like not only has he solidified himself at right guard, but. I you know, you listen to somebody like Gabe who obviously knows the position. Uh, it sounds like he could be an all all Big Twelve type guy, Chris Murray. Yeah, I, I it, the early reviews sound really really good. the The thing is, is like, and I think somebody mentioned it on the board too. I'm never worried about guard center guard yeah. at Oklahoma. Yeah. It's yeah. always going to be strong. They're always going to figure out some way. It's when you start talking about those two tackles, and then you know. Lincoln, the way that he they're talked about Tyrese Robinson, it sounds like. In fact, I was told yesterday that they're more worried about left tackle than right tackle, which is kind of a bizarro world right now. To me, I think I think eventually Wanye Morris wins that job, but I think the fact that, I just don't understand why he hasn't solidified himself. Well, I'll tell yet. you why because he came in, he was ineligible, he couldn't practice. Exactly. Uh, he's been injured some during camp. He hasn't always been available, so he just hasn't had the time on the field. To win that job, and I think he will eventually. I think he's, and you know, if Anton Harrison hasn't stepped up and won it now, by now you kind of wonder, like, is he that guy? You know, is I mean, he would, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even be talking about Eric Swenson if Anton Harrison had been the guy. 
I, I want to give it up to Kerry because we were having a conversation early in camp, and there was we we were there was all that early buzz about Anton Harrison, like oh he had a great summer, looks great, and I I was like okay th- okay he's ready to go be the guy that I thought he could be. You know I was I was a believer out of high school, I really was, and Kerry's like. I, I don't know. It feels kind of smokescreeny to me. It feels, I don't know, like maybe it's motivation. You know, there, there was several underlying factors we kind of talked about, but it was interesting because I was like, I didn't read it that way at all. And now what we're hearing sounds like that's exactly what was happening. Like that there was some sort of motivational tool or something was going on there that it wasn't quite what we thought it was on the surface. Yeah, is it concerning that? You know, he can't even be right tackle. Does that mean Tyrese is that good or that Anton just wasn't nearly what everyone had hoped he would? If the, but we know Swinson's the backup at right probably, right? Like he's the guy, over. Been the guy mm-hmm. working there. Yeah, if, if Tyrese Robinson can be half as good, eh, he probably needs to be more, a little bit more than that. But <laughs> 75% as good as Cody Ford was in 2018, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that worked out pretty well. It's just going to be dependent on – and I, you know, I think fifty-five or somebody like that on the board would agree that it's just like sometimes he looks a little lazy. And guys, here's the thing that gets overlooked is, and that's th- coming from a very lazy person himself. We, we spend so much time on tackles and how it's going to work out. We kind of gloss over the fact that Marquise Hayes might be one of the best offensive linemen that we've seen come through here in the last three years. Just a monster of a man that, for the. If he plays for the better part with an is attitude every snap, and yeah. <laughs> doesn't try to kill anybody after the yes, uh, whistle, he's as good as they've had. I mean, I don't know if you'd say he's like if he had Ben Powers mentality, he'd be a preseason All American. Yep, he, he's got to bring it every snap because when he the good Marquis Hayes is as good as any guard in the country, in my opinion. The lazy. We just see him too often. Not lazy. That's not the right word. When he just kind of looks like he's going through the motions. He just, he's not as locked in. But, you know, guys, you know, obviously we don't talk about it a lot being a a college pod, but for a lot of these guys, this feels like a, like almost like a major league contract year. Like this is Tyrese Robinson's chance. If he can go out there and play some good tackle, he can put a whole new spin on his career and maybe put himself in some draft, you know, conversation. Marquise Hayes, same deal. He can go from, Probably what's probably a fifth round grade right now. If he plays a great season and plays to the level he's capable of, he could be a third round pick. He he's that kind of guy. So th- these guys, there's a lot there to take, and so you'd think that they can find a way maybe to keep them motivate, keep themselves motivated when maybe they haven't in the past. Well, and that's a lot of talk about the offensive line more than I expected. Uh, when you know today was really kind of, and, and you mentioned it. Uh, I mean, the running back, we've talked, we've written about it, we've talked a lot about it, it's been discussed on the board over and over and over again, and really, I do think it's kind of interesting that, you know, Jeremiah Hall talked to the media today, and... Uh, that was a 9.5 out of 10 session today. With Jeremiah Hall? Patrick Fields, Caleb oh, Kelly, Nick, all the people, yeah. everybody. Yeah. DJ Graham's still one of the best, big F1 guy, it's good to know that, good to learn. I like F1, by the way. I'm not... I. I I was surprised by it. I didn't. The Netflix series. I honestly is didn't know that he was a big uh, F one. Oh no, yeah, yeah. He's been. He tweets about it all the time. That tells me Go that I don't think school. that I follow it. That you follow DJ Graham? I don't think I do because I don't remember seeing any of the. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. All right, carry on. Uh, but you know, I I, I think 
outside of the running back, and we can get to that stuff, but I think everybody really wants to see the nickel spot. Everybody really wants to see the safeties. They want to see not just Pat Fields and Larry and Turner yell. They want to see the other guys that come into the game. They want to see Keyshawn Lawrence, or Key, Key Lawrence. I, I guess we can't. You could literally go down a list of guys, and it's like the over-under on defensive backs played on Saturday, I mean, it could be I, – I might take over 10. I don't think that that's crazy. Four corners what if for it's, sure, what but if it's probably nine, six. Nine and a half. Cornerback oh, safety nickels. and nickel. I mean, two. you're going to get two oh. nickels no matter what. You're going to get at least four corners, but probably six. What about 12 and a half? And you got two, Ooh, you got two safeties you got to play. Scared. So you're going to hit over the over of 10. I think the most, exciting, the most exciting thing about all of that is, is it's going to be guys that everybody wants to see. Whether it be a Jordan Mukes, Bryson Washington, yeah, we never talk about Jordan Mukes, Justin Harrington. I look, I went back and didn't. I think it was somebody that was asking about him in the Lincoln uh, thread on the Crimson Corner. It's like he is massive. He and, is uh, not six one. I can tell you that. Yeah, but like all those guys, and I think that to a certain extent, like there's so many people that have focused in on like bitching about Patrick Fields playing or bitching about Justin Broyles playing. In the grand scheme of things, I think it's a good thing that all these guys are going to play. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how they look at it, isn't it? Like, I don't think that you're going to look up and Justin Broyles and Pat Fields are just on the field all the time. I appreciate Alex Grinch sort of bringing up Mukes yesterday. And, again, just being honest, like, his best plays make one heck of a highlight film. But his worst plays would, you know, are you know, some of the stuff that's going to keep him off the field. And that's where I think I don't. Yeah, physically, he looks like he's there, but I, I don't know how much of a run he's really going to get. If if he can't be the con, the consistent thing that they bring up time and time again, it's tough for Grinch and Riley to really trust those guys. My, my question is, does Broyles hit the field before Lawrence or Bryson Washington? That Fair. to me that says a lot, and that'll kind of dictate where that safety position is going to go. That's fair, and I, I think, think that Bryce we all agree fair. that we don't want to see that as much as we love Justin Broyles as a person, right? I think it'll, it'll be key in Broyles, and it'll be Bryce, and it'll be the odd man out. It it says a lot about the person Justin is that on this podcast where we shit on everybody. We are like constantly like we love Justin Broyles, but it's this nothing is the reality. Personal. Yeah, yeah. Like normally we don't give a shit, but I, like I he is such a good that, kid. I had to do that today, and it's, I hate it. But like, because mm-hmm. Curtis Fitzpatrick tweeted out about you know he tweeted out his comments, and I I asked him point blank. I was like, why do you do that? Like, don't you know? Like one, do you want people to hate you? Uh, are you just trying to get people <laughs> to hate you? Like you should know. It's it's unfortunate, but. No one wants to hear that. And people get angry if you try and say that. Like, Justin Broyles is at that point in his career where he's got to go out on the field and prove it. Mm-hmm. And people have to look at him and go, okay, he looks good now. Because, yeah, but it's not like, I don't, will anybody walk away? I might if I have a couple cocktails on Saturday night and come into the postgame pod and say it. But, like, is anybody, it's, everybody's going to say, well, it was just too lame. Or well, it was yeah, just West no, Carolina. absolutely, it would be. Or yeah. well, it was just Nebraska. Like, and they'll do that for Swenson too. Sure, sure. It's like you and don't really necessarily do learn Fields. anything until December, 
<laughs> you know, it, like that's the tough thing about it. It's not can OU win the Big 12. It's can they go compete for a national championship? I guess at the same tone, though, you can say that you'll know. It's going to look different, right? What it, What do you mean? Just as far like, as their Roy, play. Like, yeah, you'll be able to tell, was it, was it a clean? Was mm. it clean or was it he's just getting over there and making the play? The thing about yeah. it is that his worst moment came against one of the best offenses in the history of college football. Sure. Well, he, there was just nothing he was going to be able to do about it. He got threw into just an awful situation, yeah. too. You know, that's one of those things, guys, and it kind of feeds into what started this topic. For me, a lot of guys, and I mean a lot of freaking guys, would have never worn that uniform again. Would have just walked yeah, away, no. transferred out, gone into the portal, and just been like, I don't need that to be what, like, I don't need to be part of that because I'll never shake that. And I, I think he knows that. I think he knows that will forever be part of his story at OU, fair or unfair. It seems well, like there's I, a said, bunch of that in, in this group of guys, doesn't it? But I've like said the that older group before about Justin Fields, like us knowing him when he was in high school. Like, Broyles. Or Broyles. Fields. I wish Justin Fields was on uh, this Justin Would he Broyles. start? Probably uh, I've not. I've made that mistake forever. Maybe. Um, not even start for the Bears, Bob. <laughs> uh, could he beat out Caleb Williams? Here's like If, if there was that, one Ralph person... Rucker. I was going to hire for Sooner Scoop. It'd be it'd be Justin Broyles. He'd be fantastic working for us. Oh, I I, I think there's a future if he wants that in yeah, public speaking or exactly. whatever he wants yeah. to. Hundred percent. The problem is, and I still think he can be a contributor. I know. I just don't think he can mm-hmm. be an All Big Twelve type guy. But this is like this is like this would be like my message to like Tiffany Broyles is like us talking about him does him a disservice because he has so many people waiting to trash him. Just with his name even being mentioned, his only recourse is to go out on the field and prove that he can play football. Well, That's all he can do. There's a little point. bit of the, uh, I I would say like Swenson effect too. That it's just like the popular thing to do too. Oh, he sucks. Like without really having any, it's it's become it, it, you know it's the fu Mike Stoops. It's a little thing. whipping boy type thing. Yeah, I mean it, it, every for whatever reason this has developed over the years. A fan base has to determine who they hate, and they are relentless, and they don't let up. And it's it's just the way things are. I'm not saying it's good, bad, and different. It's just the way things have become. Yeah, and it's yeah. not. It's and certainly it's not Oklahoma Swenson, alone. In that. Broyles and Brian Mead. Those are the three. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, see now, Bob, you're just trying to upset me, and I'm not going to do it with you. We're not. We're not going down this road. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you're going to see Justin Broyles play probably a lot mm-hmm. against Tulane and probably against Nebraska. So, um, I mean, my God, Nebraska. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, but, I mean, just moving over to the offensive running back position, I mean, obviously, you can't make it through a season with two guys. You just can't. It's not possible. From what we know, it's not possible. And I remember, like, I would hear people calling into radio shows yesterday, like, you know, Steve Owens just a carrot 52 times a game. That got brought up in the uh, Zoom today. I guess I missed that. I usually tune out as well <laughs> during that <laughs> Q&A portion, but yes. Uh, but no, I mean, like, okay, great, yes, it's Steve Owens. Like, and I was thinking, like, if you had Steve Owens run a 40 after a game versus before a game, like how how slow would it be? 
I don't know. Probably pretty slow. <laughs> would it be like, would he I mean, go from like a 4.6 to like a 5.3? I mean, that was like 30 years before like, I was born. How much how of fast the same was, running back? How fast back? was Steve Owens? I, I mean, he's won a Heisman Trophy. He's pretty sure. fast. I, mean, I, I realize that, but like, seriously, I, I have no idea. I mean, Different like I era. Yeah, it was he was playing, mm-hmm. so. But I'm just saying, like. How much did just football fall off from the start of the game to the end of the game back in those days? That's that's what I, I'm fascinated yeah. by that. Because you also had guys playing two ways. Right. So, I mean, not only, yeah, sure, Stevie Owens is getting his 40th carry late third quarter, but the other dude has played 100, you know, has played 80 plays <laughs> on offensive line and linebacker. Like, he's worn out. Yeah. And, I mean, it, you know, Football had advanced to like they were speeding things up. Then it wasn't it wasn't all just three yards in a cloud of dust. But it, it, I mean they were I formation. All that. that's all history. I don't we don't need to get that. I'm just saying making it through. I mean we've had the game where uh, was it Dimitri Flowers that had to play at Iowa State, the only running back mm-hmm. on scholarship. Yeah, because of the damn parking attendant. Oh yeah, just pestering Mick, Joe Bill Mixon. Adams wasn't ready. I was mentally. that. Was that at, and then Samaje was injured, right? That ankle, maybe? He always had problems with his ankles. Ankle or I mean, that, neck? You know, we just, I think about the major injuries, like Rodney Anderson, like Marcelo Sutton, like Trey Sermon. But yeah, like yeah. even a two- to three-week stretch where one of them is just banged up, is the team's going to look completely different. Yeah, I mean, just having one guy instead of two, it changes everything. Now, there is, I think, an element of, like, and I think it's kind of cliche to say, but anytime that a team goes on a championship run or anything like that, there is an element of like luck that comes into it, isn't there? Where you just fly through a season and oh, you had I mean, this is well known. Oh, you had zero major injuries in that 2000 season. Sure. And I'm not saying that that has to happen again for them to. Although Josh Heupel finished that game with an elbow the size of a grapefruit, and that was because of some other things on South Beach, is what you've always told me. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and yes, this came up on the board because of his recent press conference. He totally did look like Justin Timberlake in 1999. He did. I mean, age hurts, man. Just it hurts. not in 2021. No. Age and, uh, and, and working at uh, what I would think is an institution of high stress levels. Yes. We'll just leave it at that. With a lot of takeout involved. Oh, I wouldn't want to be seen out in Knoxville either. Oh, man. Um. Okay, so I mean, is there really much to say about the running back position? I mean, we really know. I mean, you just kind of Jeremiah Hall is definitely going to have to be involved somehow at some at some point. I am legitimately I interested Darby. to see what like a Jaden Knowles can actually do. Well, you just mentioned Brian Darby, uh, Bob, right? Yeah, I I just got to feel he's so buried in the receiver depth chart not through any fault of his own that's just the way it is as of this moment that but he just brings something different we knew that from when he's being recruited for the 2020 class he was a different breed of receiver where you thought he could transition to this type of role Josh, you're heavy breathing into the microphone. Damn it I've got it I swear to God I was (laughs) I've literally placed it I've literally, I, I am excited about Brian Darby. I, I, you know, have seen him yeah, play running back. Heavy so. petting yes. going on in the background. My God. <sighs> you needed to try what I've uh, recommended Max Kellerman does. Stop breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God. You're just going after everybody today. My God. Just Max Kellerman. He's on his way out. 
He's no, he's shifting. Like they're well, he, he's going to be off television stuff. every day yeah. that I have to wake up, though. That's good. Yeah. So I, I mean, hey, every time a guy gets tackled this year, speaking of the running back, the it's going to be seat. like a get up, get up, get, get up, up, get up. Okay, get he's up. up. <laughs> he's good. He's good. All right, game on. Or just you know that little pause, like oh, everybody's you know. going to take like that. <gasps> it's going to be he's awful. okay. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Every single time he doesn't get even, up immediately. Even in the fourth quarter, it's like they can't take any t- type of injury. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think Jaden Knowles <laughs> Instead and, of and just Tom running, Hudson, if they're getting hurt this year, it's in the fourth quarter. Well, I was going to say, the though, like, running the ball. even those guys can't get injured. Instead of just running mm-hmm. clocks, uh, running the ball to run the clock, do you think they just put Micah Bowen in there like, run right, run left, we don't care what happens, yeah, just stay in bounds? Yeah. Seriously. They're going to have to go to the reverse belldozer. Maybe, but he's not the third-string quarterback, though. He's the third-string running back. He's the fourth-string <laughs> running back. Even better. Micah Bowen? Well, I mean, Maybe. whoever. Who knows? There was a, this is one area we didn't approach with Lincoln yesterday. It's maybe a special package with Micah if they need to go that direction. It is just, I mean... Um, <sighs> And by the way, we should talk about the Trey Bradford situation. Oh, we have to. Um, Trey Bradford decides. It's you know, the most and, bizarre story I think. Like outside of outside of committing a felony in a town where medical marijuana is completely legal. legal yeah, it has to be the most bizarre story that's happened to OU in the last five years. And Josh, I mean, uh, I know, you know, we were actually, what is so bizarre is like, I know exactly what Josh's house looks like. I know where he's sitting, what it looks like. It's kind of unnerving because. You're supposed to send me those pictures. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of, I don't, I sat in that chair. I don't know what's happened in that chair. I joke about your chair. Nothing's ever happened in that chair, but Josh's chair probably. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but I think my point was. Thinking about me and my chair got you a little shook up. It did. I am <laughs> shook right now. Thinking of how much I sat in that chair <laughs> with your dogs. I wonder why they were sniffing between my legs so much. They so, enjoy a good crotch sniff. All right. While I'm uh, fumbling my way through this podcast, it's time for me to take a break because I want to tell you guys uh, we're very excited to announce that we've come to a, a new agreement with uh, Dead Soxy, our friends at DeadSoxy.com. Uh, and they are getting ready to come out with a new collection of uh, OU socks because you guys have done such a fantastic job of supporting Dead Socks and supporting the Unofficial 40 podcast that uh, they said, hey, we want to be a part of this thing long term. So uh, it's back on 25% off using the promo code BOOMER. Uh, anytime you shop at DeadSoxy.com, uh, the no-shows, part of my life now. Wear them every time I leave the house, especially in the summer. Uh, the boardroom, great socks. Stay up on your legs. Uh, they don't fall down. Uh, you don't look like an old man. Uh, just a fantastic collection of socks. And the new collection coming soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, thank you to Dead Soxy. Thank you to you guys specifically for being such great supporters of theirs. Uh, go get yourself some new fantastic socks today at deadsoxy.com. Use that promo code BOOMER and get 25% off your entire order. I think the point I was making... I'll bridge, I'll bridge it here. You Trey Bradford f***ed OU. Trey what Bradford, happened, thank Josh? You. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that his dad came on the board to apologize for his son. I think that's what has made it so just strange is that we kind of did have like this like look behind the curtain into what the family was thinking, and it was basically 
my son's messing up here. I don't know how to reach him. Yeah, there was, from the minute I heard that rumor and then started kind of checking it with people, it was very instantly clear that this was strictly Trey Bradford's decision, his thought process. Nobody around him wanted this. Um, so I don't really, there, there's no good like, oh, yeah, this is why. Like I, you know, I, I like I said in the, in the thing I put on the board, LSU had reached out a while back. Now, at the time, I didn't know about this rule where under 14 practices he could return. I was like, wow, that's just really flagrant. Like, that that's wildly crazy. And I'm still not sure if that rule includes contacting him before he enters the portal. Like, I... There's a part of me that's just like, we're being pretty open with the fact that LSU just contacted a guy that was on another roster. Um, you know, there was no real bones made about that. So that whole thing is, you know, I mean, I guess it should feel weird to me knowing the school we're talking about. It doesn't feel all that weird to me, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's no question. I mean, his dad's a guy I've talked to a lot, you know, dating back to when Trey was still at Lancaster and, you know, going through the recruiting process. It felt like Trey always wanted Oklahoma, but now you kind of wonder, like, did, did he? Like, I mean, because he got right. there, he was there for two months, and now he's headed back home. So maybe that was more what dad wanted or dad thought was best for him. Um, and, I, you know, I don't want to put any words in his mouth. Like, that. that's not, my, not what I'm trying to say. It's just, it's hard to understand how Trey couldn't see the situation for what it was. He was going to get some snaps this year. He'd get some carries. And then next year, be the huge odds-on favorite to be Oklahoma's number one running back. And, I mean, the, the Bob, the way that Lincoln responded to it when asked about Oof. it, like, Ouch. how much more can you uh, – it's kind of like, tell me you're pissed off about this without telling me you're pissed off about right? this. Right? Swing and a miss. You don't hear that from Lincoln Riley. Very diplomatic, very careful in the words he chooses. And then – to, he had the preface, of course, by all of these transfers have been good. You know, don't think about Conjo or Wanye or Key. Like they're not in that same category. But this one, this was a swing and a miss. This was a mistake. That's about as harsh as you're going to hear Lincoln talk about a football player. And it was kind of just it was him saying, "Go ask the kid." Like we have no clue what the hell happened or why he did this, and we couldn't do anything about it. I mean. He was defeated about the whole situation, I, and I would be too. It was as, bizarre. It was as close, I think, as you will get to see uh, Lincoln taking what I would see as a shot at a kid. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. When and you, it shows you how hard they fought to for this not to happen. Well, I think that— And his I family mean, fought for this not to the, happen. I think the situation's pretty clear, and at some point, like, I think— you just got to say, if the kid doesn't want to be here, he doesn't want to be here. It's more, it would do your team more harm than it would good right. if you keep a guy around that you, you know, obviously doesn't want to be a part of it. Josh, I think the question is, is there a magical vagina involved in all of this? Um, that is definitely the overwhelming, um, t I, that, if there was one thing that I keep hearing, like, that's why, that does come up a lot, uh, you know, and... You know, as uh, as the kiddies say, it's undefeated. So um, that's uh, <laughs> the kids say that, do they? 
Yeah, Laney comes home and says that a lot. So, um, well, if there's anything that we learned from uh, Forty Year Virgin, you never put the pussy on the pedestal, though. Yep, you, that's you that's got, you got, like, that's rule number one. Yeah, I mean, th- those words still hold true. I mean, who knew all these years later, Forty Year Old Virgin would still be teaching us life lessons? I think that uh, that is uh, something. Something else that should be learned here too is, I guess they don't have planes or cars in Louisiana that can get somebody from Baton Rouge or New Orleans back to Norman? Yeah, I mean... Well, I'm not sure that plays right now, but in general, yes. Yeah. And that's why I asked... I will no comment further, because I don't want to get into trouble. no comment on natural disasters, all right? (laughs) I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) As we've proven this last week, you can get fired from your job for something you do somewhere else. (laughs) Hmm... Now, I will That's officially no comment about. that. That's all we're talking about. It. That's it. There's your thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's not even any need to say, well, where do you go now? Because the, the season is starting. Like, there's, no, there's nothing you can do about it. It just happened. And now you, you just have to deal with the fallout. That is, like, the, I think the one thing that a lot of people looked at it as is, like, and I in no way did, like, Edo and LSU devise a plan where they were going to send Trey Bradford to go learn the playbook or something like that. Like, I think that's ridiculous. But at the same time, it you know, I guess there is a side of the transfer portal that OU, for the most part, hasn't seen as far as things not working out for somebody. Well, you go down the list and look at this team and all the guys that are going to help them this year from the transfer portal. Sure. They've won way more than they've lost. Sure. I mean, uh, I mean, they might have a starting center thanks to the transfer portal in in. By the way, I like uh, Congle better than Conjol because Conjol just reminds me of like conjugal visit. I know, but Lincoln says Conjol. We gotta say it. I refuse. Congle in it. Um, it's like Ellinger I mean, and Ellinger. I mean, he's still Austin Siebert. Sure. Well, to Eddie, yeah. Back in the exactly. league. Back in the league. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Uh, nice. Signed by the Detroit Lions nice. today. He's going to go play for Dan oh, the Campbell. Lions didn't have that a is, after yesterday. Okay, ooh, that is hilarious. Because I was like, I wonder if he'd end up there. Because you know, literally just rocking with no kicker in Detroit. Uh, you're going to have to get me back on track. The oh, uh, the transfer portal. portal. Yeah, but I mean, think. I mean. Key Lawrence, I mean, Wanye Morris, I mean... Oh, and I, the guy that on I think... On and on. The, I mean, the guy that we continually... Eric I feel Gray, like the guy that has put you in a position to be good at the running back position. Or how about the guy that we continually forget about, and maybe I'm the most excited to see, is Mike Woods. Yes. He was the guy that DJ Graham said gives Talked him nightmares him up today, today. Yeah. Said that he was... Bob said uh, the most impressive thing about him wasn't just his speed, uh, but his route running, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy with a lot of experience, a lot of production. I, I, you know, it's just because you didn't see him in spring. Sometimes you forget that he came over where all even all those other guys were during spring. So you got to at least get a feel of who they are because he showed up so late. There's still this un, unknown about what Woods really brings to the table. But it sounds like it's definitely going to be a lot. And it's strange because at times I've heard like he's the best receiver in camp. But yes, me too. Uh, it, but you've also heard Mario Williams is the guy, most unstoppable guy in camp. It's like there are all these guys, uh, and just going through it yesterday, like I really have zero concerns about receiver. I think the biggest question is 
Who is Rattler going to rely on when he needs to find somebody? Is it going to be Stogner all the time? Could Drake Stoops kind of become that guy? Could it be Jaden Hazelwood? Like, who is it going to be? It's it's really, no matter how good you are, the quarterback has to get you the ball. And whoever he becomes more most comfortable with is going to be his go-to guy. And we don't know who that's going to be. It was kind of Stogner last year until he got hurt. And that's why I was wondering if that's why they move Mims inside. So maybe he can get some of those tough third down catches too. I don't know. That's possible. They, uh, might, they might just live off Braden Willis and Stogner. I mean, can you think sure. of like two better blankets for a quarterback? Well, and if Hall's doing more stuff at running back, it really opens the door for Braden Willis more than anybody. Yeah. The, Except those this, guys got to stay healthy too. So that's a limited room. The, the two back room, I mean, almost forces OU, uh, the, the two running back situation almost forces OU into more heavy sets. Now, they can do all kinds of cool stuff because they've got very versatile players, but with, with Hall, Stogner, and Willis, they could have three guys on the field and do almost anything they want to. Yeah. I, um, so Tulane, the opener, uh, it's been an interesting week. Um, we, you know, it's, I owe you was in a terrible position because, you know, when, when Joe Castiglione released that deal, what was it last Thursday? Just alerting people like, Hey, we're monitoring what's going on. It was Friday night. Was it Friday night? Yeah. Friday night. Yep. But from what I had been told, they had been alerting people that Friday, like get ready for the game to be here on, on multiple different levels. You got to realize you got to talk to, uh, you know, people, uh, the students that are working Sooner Vision. You got to talk to the merchants on Campus Corner. Uh, you got to talk to all these different divisions, uh, game day ops to see if you can start getting people to come in and work. Like, hotels. So, yeah, hotels. So many people. Uh, yeah, I was having people from hotels contact me, like, hey, Tulane's booked here for Friday. I won't say where it was. Um, but, like, all this stuff had to happen really fast. Essentially, you know, they had to wait and see if the hurricane actually hit. And then when it did, and it was as bad as it was, they essentially had about four days to get this all put together. So it, they had to start telling people ahead of time. ESPN had to start planning, you know, a week out. So it wasn't that hard to get the information that the game was moving to Norman. Uh, then, you know, I, I wasn't even the first person to put it out. It just so happened... I put it out, and then all the national people started verifying it and retweeting me or quote-tweeting me. Uh, and then I think Jason Kersey had verified it. And for whatever reason, the Tulane AD went after Jason Kersey. Oh, it's just one of those things. It's like, don't act like we're stupid. I think everybody <laughs> knows the score here. It's like, you're not going to be able to play in New Orleans. Right. So are you just going to cancel the football right. game? Like, come on. Well, in what it was, it be kind of it kind of became a thing where – he got upset because he hadn't had a chance to talk to his players yet, and he just simply wanted to ask him, are you guys okay with playing this game? And I, I get that to a certain extent. Yeah. But, but like, if don't you, be mad at somebody else. If you have told half the town that it's happening and you're going to announce it at noon, uh, on what day was that? Monday. Was that Monday? Monday. Uh, yep. So there was a set. Like, you think that AD would have known they're going to announce I need to go tell my players the night before or something like that, which didn't happen, which... What else did they have to do in Birmingham? Like you could probably get a gun and tell, told them. So, 
Like I'm not blaming guess, anybody. Maybe it's, his logic was go through a day of practice in Birmingham and see if your emotion is there. Right. That's the only thing. I because it of. was so fresh. I mean, all the damage and, um, yeah. Hopefully, no one had loss of life in their family or anything uh, during the storm. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things. And you know, people got mad at me, and and I got it. It was an emotional day, uh, and it was it was difficult for everybody but you know it just, it, it kind of delayed the timeline of it coming out but i mean here we are we're going to play a game uh it's if you want to know like why is it only lower bowl it's because of all that stuff i said it's a labor day weekend labor exactly and they can't get enough people into work uh and i would imagine they'll probably even have trouble next week getting people into work cuz people just don't work right now like, everybody's got help-wanted signs everywhere. I don't know if it's because there's so many marijuana shops that they they pay everybody to work there or what. I know the fast food industry is hurting. Every, every time you go to a fast food place, they have a help-wanted sign up. So that's why it's the way it is. And by the way, I think 5 o'clock today, which was about when the pot will come out, the general, Wednesday. the general public will be able to get the remaining tickets that the season ticket holders did not buy up. There's a lot, there's going to be a lot more people than I was imagining when they said the lower bowl is going to only be filled. Did you figure it out? Well, I mean, I, somebody that used to work for the ticket office gave me a guesstimate on what he thought uh-huh. or she thought, they thought, they them thought, thought. Use your pronouns. 2021. Uh, just under 67,000. <laughs> I believe is the it's like sixty seven five, and since it's not technically with, a home with game, with loge box suite yeah. everything full. Since it's not technically a home game, you wouldn't have to count it as a sellout. But if you sell all the tickets that you're selling, it's still a sellout. I bet they count it. I bet they if they sell out, they will. If they don't, they won't. Not going to Nebraska this thing. Uh, they're they getting creative to keep their sellout streak six, alive. Sixty six five with everything regular seating bowl. Is around fifty-eight five, which is a lot more than I was. I don't that know. Sounds right because the upper deck is only the two sides of the yeah. stadium, right? I guess that I mean, makes sense. Here's what I'd like yeah. to know: if you have a suite, <clears throat> wouldn't you think like OU would just be like, "Hey, here's the you can just be in your suite this game." Like, is OU charging you for this game for your suite? That's what I'd like to know. I think so. Hit me up at Carrie Mur- Carrie A Murdoch. I think Twitter. I'm pretty sure that they are. They're charging them. Ooh, I don't know about charging. I guess that's different. Because you could buy... I thought that was like one of the options. It was like 60, 50, 30 or something for the seats. I don't know. Well, we'll have to ask the new athletic director, Troy Dannon, you know, who's currently in charge of the stadium for the week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we were joking we before start, the game about... <laughs> we should start throwing stuff out and asking him about the stadium. We, yeah, we were joking before <laughs> the podcast... Uh, because Bob was asking you, like, can OU bring in recruits this weekend? Yeah, and I know some people have asked me about that, too. I don't have a definite answer. I My gut says no, just based on the designation being Tulane being the home team and the logistics of switching that around. I, I don't know how that works within the NCAA because I've just never had to cover anything like that. I'm not familiar. But my... I'm still waiting for a definite answer, but I would be surprised if they can host anybody. And even if they can, I don't know what you put together on this short of notice. I would imagine, yeah, their plans are all for next week. And, and it probably yep. goes along with staffing and, you know, getting the 
cookie cakes and all that stuff that they get for them. And is there like a ceremonial handing over the keys that Josie and the AD from Tulane will have? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're making this into like Tulane literally takes over OU's campus. Willie Fritz, he stays at Lincoln Riley's house Friday night. Is what I heard. Sleeps in his bedroom. That's what I was told. Well, I mean, the Riley family won't be there. That Obviously. was a discussion that I had with somebody. Like, if you if you gave someone your house for the weekend, uh, or let them took them in for the weekend, it's called an Airbnb. Uh, no, like you, like they suffered a tragedy. Oh, you yeah. had to bring. You allowed them to come into your house to stay. Do you is in that situation? Do you have to give up your master bedroom to them? Would they even want your master bedroom? Are you still staying there? Yes. No. No. They get the couch or the pool away. Well, we or were the talking guest about room. like so. OU does OU not give their their locker room to Tulane for this game? Hell no. Like I can, it would be hilarious if OU had to be in the visitor locker room for this. There would be a revolt. I mean, they had to stay in those sheds across the street. I mean. They can survive in the stupid visitor locker room. Yeah, these guys. Not, these not guys. Any of these guys. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm they, saying. That's why they haven't gone. They haven't been if humbled. Could, yeah, they need to be that's humbled that, a little bit. They to start the season. Go make them stay in the visitor locker that's room. That's why they can't get over the hump in the playoffs. They haven't been in the uh, in the sheds across the street or with the bus. I think was it 2017? Was that the last team that stayed in those? I thought it was thought probably longer than that. 16. Hmm. I thought. I thought in 2017 they were back. Yeah, I think that is right. So Bob never technically addressed the team in the new locker room, right? Yeah, yes, that's correct. Baker Baker had his locker room where he wrote everything. That's right. The, 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 that, that, that was a new one. Right, yeah. Just imagine if like, this was Iowa, and so Iowa got shifted over to that pink-ass locker room for their home game. They're like, what the hell is this? They, they walk into that thing and see all the salmon everywhere. That would just that I I just love the visual of the Iowa's own prank getting thrown back on them. How about them using the children to cover up the fact that you know they basically are anti LGBTQ? Whom? Iowa as a football Iowa. program. Oh, just a diversion is what it is. I'd see why they have the I, football. I see like why me. they have the like, Iowa caucus up there. Sick now. children. That we celebrate while the other team. What are they taking out of that pink locker room while everybody's looking up at the hospital? That we're emasculating I them in. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Something people, more people should talk about. I think. I think now that they now they will probably. Let's cancel Iowa football. Mm. <laughs> you don't have to do too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Bob. Well, Kirk Ferentz is letting his assistants talk to the media for the first time ever. Probably because he knows that he's he's on the short. People are after him. Okay, so let's get into. I, I mean, games coming up. I I don't really have a whole lot to break down between Tulane and Oklahoma as as a game. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be exciting to see this defensive line. You know, I I think that there's been what yes, a month and a yes. half buildup of these guys are the best <laughs> group that we've ever had. Uh, you know, from the coach's standpoint, and I think that it's going to be exciting seeing them gaff. Do you think that they're going to have to tell like Perry on Winfrey, like, look, these guys have gone through a lot of tragedy back home. Let's not do anything. Let's not kill anyone today. If he's a killer, he'll go out and do it. He'll go out and multiply it. Does he? Would Michael Myers take a day off? No, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder, can he wear those pads in the game? 
the thigh pads. I think so. I think everybody I can. Know. I don't know why I, you can't. I'm pretty sure that they did last year. Or at least Buki did. He'd have like the he had like the he had forty four and I think a matchstick on the other one because he was getting burned all the time. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Had to. Uh, um, but no, it's gonna be it's gonna be. That's probably what I'm looking forward to most is just seeing how just ridiculous that defensive line can be. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, I just – we talked about the defensive secondary earlier. I mean, I think, you know, Danny Stutzman, Clayton Smith, those are all guys that Ethan Downs, I'm excited to see at least out there running around. It's a, I mean, that's one thing we didn't ask Lincoln. Uh, we didn't ask him about how he's going to approach going back to the four-game rule. I think it's obsolete for a program like OU. I, I don't think it's going to matter anymore. So We're Ethan not, Downs, you think, will just play, play, play? Because, I, again, if you are if you weren't injured and you're still here as a redshirt senior, then something went wrong, and I think that'll be their mentality. You sort of heard, I think it was Roy Manning that said, it's like, yeah, we, you know, that doesn't really factor into what we're, we're doing. We're just going to get guys ready to play for as much as they, as they can, and we'll just kind of go about it. But, like, what – what was the point of holding Rattler to only three or four games in 2019? That doesn't help. Yeah, you going he's not forward. gonna. He didn't. He's not gonna spend that extra year in Norman. Right. So I, I'm still gonna do the tracker. That's not me getting out of what I'd like to do. I'm still <laughs> doing it Sunday morning. But I just I don't think it's it's that huge of a deal when you're recruiting at the level that they've been at and the expectations they have of the young guys that they've brought in. I guess that would be the question then to Lincoln is like, is your program advanced to the point where you don't even care about the four-game rule? That is the question. Yep. Yep. I, 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 the noise coming from this end was not me breathing into the microphone. It was literally <laughs> me just nodding the whole time Bob spoke there. Because if you want to – if OU is the program they want to be, you don't give a shit about red shirts anymore. Like that, That's just not part of the deal – if the kids need a redshirt, they're doing it at some other school because they have left your program and have opened up a scholarship for someone else who can help you. Like that, that has to be the way you look at it going forward. Because, like Bob said, if you are a fifth-year guy, I mean, and don't get me wrong, maybe maybe there's one-off where it's just a unique scenario. Something went wrong, or something just kind of went, you know, strangely injuries, whatever it may be. Okay, fine. But generally speaking, there shouldn't be more than a couple of fifth-year seniors on your whole roster. Like, they need to either be gone or be headed to the NFL. All right. Let like, me... a guy like Jaleel Farouk has an excuse. He didn't have a high school senior, uh, senior yeah. season. Wasn't a mid, mid-year mid guy. Comes in in June. I get it if he doesn't play more than four games. But a lot of these guys, from what you hear, you're just sort of hamstringing your own self going forward by doing that. Well, and I mean, look, Lincoln's had some success. I mean, we forget about this, but you know, Nick Benito went into that, you know, full year of just development um, when he was a freshman. So I still think you'll see that. And you know, I like I've seen Jalil Farouk. I mean, he's not very big. He looks like he could use a good year in a weight program. Um, and I'm sure they'll identify some of those guys that are just massively talented, but just need a a, a year with Benny Wiley to work and get bigger and stronger. And don't really, you know, not really concerned with how much they're playing on the football field that year. They'll learn it in practice. Um, 
Okay, I want to go around, uh, kind of around the room. Give me uh, your your MVP on both sides of the ball coming out of game one. Who do you think is going to star uh, the most on both sides of the ball? We'll start with you, Bob Prisbillo. I'll go Eric Gray. I, I just This is the guy that we've all been sort of wanting to see, and despite the fact, I don't know how many touches they're going to get. I don't know how they're going to manage that. She's going to do enough with those touches to have you excited throughout the rest of the season. And then on, on defense, I'm going David Aguebu because I've already said I think he's the mm. he's the breakout star here going forward. As much as Brian Osimo and Deshaun White will do their job to the best of their ability, if Aguebu maxes out, he surpasses them. And with the confidence and comfortability he has second year at the position and Brian Odom leading the way, Aguebu makes that leap. And I don't know if it starts on Saturday – but by midseason, he's definitely the number one guy. Are we going game one or are we going season? Yeah, Apparently, Bob's game going one. season. He's he's giving himself a lot of outs here uh, with his game <laughs> one pick. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to recall the uh, the uh, the roundtable that we did because I remember uh-huh. putting David Awegbu as my breakout star as well. I think I think there's a little bit of uh, there's some copycat. receipts. There's some receipts available. Copycat on that. here from my lawyer this afternoon. Uh, Josh, you want to go? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think for me, and I, I like Bob's Eric Gray pick, I really do. My problem, I feel like OU at running back is going to be on a load management schedule. This is the LeBron James diet for those running backs all season, where they are going to any place where they can duck carries, they're going to duck carries for those running backs. So I'm going to go with Mike Woods. I, I love what I'm hearing. I, I like that, um, that there is so much positivity around him when you talk to the corners, you talk to Spencer Rattler. Everybody just seems to be like, man, this guy is he's better than you realize. And so I, I think he could have a big breakout game, maybe have a you know, a big play down the field. You know, and I, again he's a receiver. Maybe it's maybe it's four, you know, three or four catches, but maybe one big one that really kind of breaks it open. Defensively, uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with uh the linebacker group, but I'm gonna go with Nick Benito. I, I feel like Nick Benito against Tulane, all the buzz we've heard all summer, it just feels like it's all like, like you know, like when the the stars just kind of align. That's what it feels like right now. Like Nick Benito is rounding into form at the perfect time, right at the beginning of the season, and I, I feel like he is just going to have a phenomenal month of September, uh, going against some teams that just won't have any way to answer him. Eddie. I feel like all the good ones have been taken. I feel like I got to start working my way down the uh, the list of names. Do you want me to go while you think I'll about go... it? I'll go. Hot prediction. And th- this is tough because I don't even know if he's going to be back there. I'll go Mario Williams. Motherfucker. That was mine. And he returns a kickoff or punt on Saturday. You son of a bitch. Now defense. You can apologize to Karen after calling her a bitch. She's going to listen to this. <clears throat> and then I'm going to go defensively. Man, I mean, I know it's kind of a cop-out, but I could see Perry on Winfrey just being an absolute mon- Like, who's going to block him yeah. from Tulane? Yeah, breakout game. Now, I guess, I guess you can't really say it's a breakout game because I think Denouncing his presence it. with authority. But, yeah, I think there will be multiple moments where you go, okay, I think he's going to be just fine. 
All right, you stole my pick on offense. So, um, you know who I'm going with? I'm going with Spencer Rattler. I think Spencer I, Rattler. I, I, comes I was going to ask, can Rattler be a breakout star? <laughs> no, MVP is the or an MVP. Yeah, MVP. I think Rattler is going to come out and set the tone for a Heisman season. I am not going to be shocked if he throws for 400 yards in this game. Uh, and I think he's going to want to send a message to Mr. Caleb Williams, who's been shining in practices, and say, this is my team, you son of a bitch. And sorry, Mrs. Williams. Um, on defense? It is important, though, for like a guy like a Spencer Rattler to kind of assert himself early. Yes. With how the offense sputtered at times throughout the year. Yes. Uh, and not let your foot off the gas. That's the most important thing for him. Uh, defensively? You know what, guys? I think there's a guy on the defense that has been massively overlooked the entire offseason. Uh, and it's the only... When OU needed to play on defense last year, he was the only guy that would make them. And even though he was the only guy at Iowa State when they desperately needed to get the ball back, was able to strip sack and recover and get the ball back only to be thrown for an interception by Spencer Rattler. He's the guy that everybody looked to before it all happened. So... Um, I'm going with Isaiah Thomas as my MVP on defense. I think we just overlook what a utility man he is for that defense. And he had his best season a year ago. And seeing him out of practice, he looks like he's put in some serious work in the offseason. Like, he is jacked. Uh, there's, there's, And I think it probably just kind of speaks to where they are as a program right now. But there are a number of guys that, like, you get through this ring of guys that we're talking about, and then it's, oh, by the way, this guy seems like somebody that could be a breakout. Or this guy we forgot about. And I, I think that we do that with wide receiver. I think we do that in a, to a certain extent uh, with the defensive line. And I also think we probably do it you know, with the secondary. I mean, how many times have we not talked about or have we mentioned the secondary and guys that we want to see and don't even mention a Justin Harrington like we did earlier. Yeah, and I mean, I wanted to mention Latrell McCutcheon. Sure. I mean, I wanted to mention Billy Bowman. But I think I think we kind of hit most of the guys on the offense that we think could really star. Now, I mean, like Jaden Hazelwood, maybe he surprises the hell of us. Maybe Stogner comes back and leads everyone in receptions. But that's the thing about the offense. There's so many weapons. It's just who is going to stand out? Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to develop his... Rattler's go-to guy, like I keep talking about. All right, um, let's hit a little bit of recruiting. Uh, Josh, I know this is a, a weird week. The coaches probably thought they were on the road. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten any wind of... Uh, I know you're getting ready to head out to Florida, uh, but I'm sure the coaches... I don't know, like, maybe they had planned some Friday night trips around Louisiana if everything had worked out. Right, but now they obviously are not doing that, uh, and then they probably—I I don't know—I I would imagine 11 a.m. game. You can't really scramble that far away uh, out of town. You probably can't get down to Dallas or anything. But uh, it, Union Broken Arrow. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to have to kind of just stay in state. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, if guys—if guys were going all over the place and really seeing whatever they wanted to see, like you said, with an 11 a.m. kick, it's really tricky. I've got no doubt Jamar Kane would probably be in South Florida with me watching Marvin Jones Jr. and um, uh, Kenyatta Jackson. So, I mean, two of his premier guys on the same field together. But 
Uh, I, I don't like I said. I've heard nothing of any guys getting too far out there. It wouldn't shock me if you see somebody in Dallas. Um, you know, there's a, like even um, like Jason Llewellyn plays on a Thursday night. Okay, maybe you could make that work. So there's gonna. I, I have no doubt we'll see and hear about some guys getting out. I haven't heard anything finalized, but yeah, it, it's been a little bit of a tricky week because everything you thought you knew, you thought you could plan for. You know, oh, you were probably planning to go see Jacoby Matthews, the big-time safety um, out of Louisiana. But obviously that's not going to happen now. So they're having to make some choices. But, I, you know, like I said, I think there is room for some, some moves to happen. I It wouldn't shock me. I, I'll be in Austin on Thursday night going to see Cedric Roberts. wouldn't shock me if Calvin Thibodeau was there. So there are um, there's some possibilities. Oh, you could get out on the road. I was a little surprised there they weren't anywhere last weekend. Really, you didn't hear any buzz about them going out. I'm I'm sorry. I said that. Now I'm I'm absolutely not surprised. But now this week, sorry, just had a total brain cramp. Um, but we will see what they get into. But yeah, you're right. Right now the focus is much more on the field, what they're doing. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, not the recruiting chatter usually here. Now, obviously, today is the day that they uh, can open contact with the class of 2023. And obviously, with the start OU has with Malachi Nelson and, you know, um, Brandon Ennis, Trayon Webb, all the guys in this class, they are going to try to build on that as much as humanly possible. But that is something that I, I think everyone gets excited about. It's kind of one of those things like, you sprint and you get real excited and you know I'm watching all these guys you know in our network kind of like oh you know so and so heard from Florida so and so heard from Alabama I'm like I mean that's cool but most of those guys have been talking to these schools by making calls on their own for months now so it's not I, I don't know it doesn't carry the same gravity for me that it once did I love but, Joe Bob Clements uh, like tweet I think last night's like I'm not calling kids at midnight. They need to be in bed. They have school tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. I, you know, it's so funny because as a guy who grew up a recruiting guy, I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And now as a parent, I'm like, I don't want some asshole calling my kid at midnight. Knock that off. Like, he's got school in the morning. He's got practice. He's got he's got a lift at 6. He's got school. And then he's got, you know, practice afterward. Like, be, be cool, man. And I, I, I can absolutely see that's one of those things where it's almost like, I'm sure some families are like, nope, we're not going there because that guy's an idiot. You'd think that you'd have enough of a relationship with the schools you really cared about that you'd, they'd just be like, hey, coach, don't don't worry about calling me at 1201. Like, it's cool. I think yeah. right when all this started, that was probably a thing. Like, it, mm-hmm. the coolness of it. But like you guys said. I think it's kind of been taken over by just people, you know, sending out really cool edits. Sure. Because I mean, I saw the thing with like, like they send out like ten different folders to to the same kid and stuff like that. Like that's showing somebody, and that shows that you know you you did that, you timed it out right so mm-hmm. it'd get there that day and stuff. That to me, that's much more impactful than a phone call. Because kids don't even talk on the phone anyway. Can confirm. Can't. Yep. You got it. Uh, so Josh, just in terms of, uh, you know, obviously the 2023, uh, still a monster class. They, they did launch official, uh, official offers out today. Uh, and you'll see a lot of that on social media. OU kind of launching their, uh, chosen campaign for their class of 2023. And, uh, unless they back down to the Buckeyes, I don't think you can sue each other over having the same <laughs> hashtag. 
But it's also weird because it looks like Ohio State and OU work together somehow on something. So, Or that guy used to be at Ohio State. I wasn't quite sure how that all worked out. Um, but, you know, Josh, with all this coming out, like what is it, if anything, that there is to kind of keep an eye on right now? You know, I, I think it's really that there are several of Oklahoma's most primary 2022 targets that feel like they're getting real close to a decision. I, I think I've said it for a month now. There's some buzz on Javante Barnes. We have to, at some point, the buzz fades. And I think maybe we're entering that phase, but there still is talk that that could come down. The, the Rivals 100 running back from Las Vegas. He just top top schools at it yesterday. Yeah. So my guess is he may do what we see more and more kids do, or he's going to tell a school what he's doing or tell, you know, obviously he won't tell other schools, but he'll tell the school he's going to and then kind of play the game until he announces. And he's talked about doing it in an all-star game. He's talked about doing it, you know, his final game of his senior year. I mean, he's mentioned some different things. Um, He and I have been a little hit and miss, like he'll – He'll talk to me, and then we he kind of fades out, so I can't – I never really have enough to do a story. It's just kind of – I've got bits and pieces. So that's been a little tricky to follow. But, no, I, I, I think OU's in good shape there. Gabe Dindy, if he's not committed by October 1st, I'll be very surprised. That has a chance to be a massive win for Oklahoma or just an absolutely heartbreaking loss. Uh, he has come out, said OU and A&M are his two final schools – He's kind of moved on from Ohio State, which was always kind of seen as the third option. This isn't a big surprise. Any of our members know that this has been OU A&M for a while. Um, you think I, I it still could like in this month, though. I, I, I do. I, I just, That's I just have surprise. a feeling. So we'll see. Um, you know, and you know, so everybody knows we're recording this on September first. This isn't like a late release you're getting here. Um, I think in the month of September we'll see something. I, I just do. He's even talked to me about wanting, you know, he, he kind of started to feel that itch really early, mid-August is when we talked about it. And he kind of said, yeah, you know, this is a possibility. This could go down sometime soon. So, I, again, I don't know that. I don't want to say, oh, yeah, he's told me because that's not the case. It's just my feeling that it, by the end of this month it's over. Uh, one way or another. I think Gentry Williams is not that far off. Now, I, uh, Gentry feels like a guy that might run it a little longer just to kind of make sure he's doing the right thing. I, I, I think he is leaning toward Oklahoma, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, not to go down the whole list of OU's 2022 board, but that's kind of what's interesting to me right now is that a lot of key pieces OU's going to have some answers on, and then we're going to have to see what happens. And I guess just as a small little note here is 2022 wide receiver. I think OU has identified some guys. There's literally no way they're going to sign zero receivers in the 2022 class. So they know who they want to look at. I've mentioned a few on the board, guys like DJ Allen, a kid out of Gladewater in Texas, uh, Tyler King from the Houston area that um, that is a uh, Texas Tech commitment. Um, there's several others. Major Everhart from uh, Amarillo is a really interesting big time speed guy. 
Uh, for all those people that you know, kind of lament OU dropping Brennan Thompson, Major Everhart's actually beaten Brennan Thompson Master. in some track events. Yeah, he is he is crazy scary fast. So, the, and I, I that's a common thread between all three of the guys I've mentioned here. They all can really run. Uh, Tyler King reminds me a lot of Hollywood Brown. And where's the five? I mean, the whole thing. Um, so there are some comparisons there. I, we'll see. I, they may go find a guy in Northern California that I don't even know about yet, but there are, there's no question. I mean, people are like, why aren't they doing anything? There's nothing new to see. They're going to watch some senior tape. They're going to see who they like, see who emerges and then go from there. Bob, you have any big questions for, uh, Josh? You think they'll get involved with Talon Shetron? I saw him on Friday night. Bob and I did. <laughs> uh, I did see that Talon uh, liked uh, your your tweet about uh, the curse was over, Bob. Nah, he's, he's yes, he did. <laughs> he knows. Well, he, he's a good guy. He, he's a good kid. I, I messaged his dad that morning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's see if Eddie and Bob, if it carries over when he's committed to Oklahoma State. <laughs> Well, now, my only question would be is if they can get any more official visits in this month. So many happened in June for everyone across the country that I'm sort of wondering how these game weekend visits are going to go. Are they going to be as big as they once once were, or is this something that's going to kind of change with the with the times? You know, I, I think it's an interesting point, Bob, and it's something I was having a conversation with somebody about this a few days ago. Something interesting to consider. Back in the summer, we were all talking about, oh, is OU bringing in too many guys to the Champion Barbecue? They can't focus on all of them. They can't give them the attention. On a weekend where you don't have a game, you don't have any, like, the logistics, while, again, the logistics are tough because you have so many guys, but there's not a lot of outside forces that are mm -hmm. constricting you. You can kind of do what you want to do. You can set it the way you want to set it. On a game weekend, you don't have those same abilities. So... What's interesting to me is if they continue to do that with a, a, a barbecue-type event in the summer and really try to bring in 15, 20 guys that they want to focus on, and then in the season, maybe we don't have more. You know, Maybe OU doesn't host more than five, six guys at a time because that way it's not the numbers nightmare on a weekend where you already have so much going on. They can really let those guys be the focus, really you know, kind of turn it up on them. And I... I would guess five or six is probably a little high at, at some point. So, like I said, I, I don't know that that's the way this is going to play. But just talking to some people, I, I think that's a an interesting possibility. Um, I had something interesting. Then Eddie showed me a weird picture on the internet, and my mind is blank now. <laughs> this picture that the PGA Tour used to Rory McIlroy today is just so ridiculous i don't understand how they left that on the internet all right so eddie showed me uh during the break that uh instagram post that ian mciver has been put on scholarship which i thought was crazy because i thought i remember that happening but i did too i thought he was on scholarship is uh and credited his girlfriend she broke the news on instagram and before people think hot? i'm really creepy he put it in his story so <laughs> i that's how i saw it okay <laughs> And I, I, Ian is not a Twitter guy. I Let's completely just, understand how creepy guy. all of that is in, in totality. We just got very creepy right there. Um, but congratulations to Ian McIver. I mean, I know he's a guy that Bill Bedenboe has loved forever. Uh, and he's been, he's, I mean, he was Creed Humphrey's backup, like legitimate backup. Sure. 
the and last two seasons. Now yeah. they've got Raymond Congol. I'm going Congol. Sorry. Uh, and but he'll be. You know, if Raymond can't play, if he's got the COVID, I mean, they won't feel, especially playing Tulane, they won't feel like they're losing too much by putting him out there, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. So congrats to him, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Tulane coming up. We will have the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast after it's over. Eddie and I. Uh, Bob is always welcome to join us, but he's usually working to get your stories out. Uh, Josh is you know, willing to join us, but either he's having family fun night or he's just drank too much because he can't stand to watch Frozen 2 once more. We all have our limits. <laughs> Uh, I I didn't get to see the girls when I was down there. Um, they did enjoy their uh, their quick trip swag that I finally got to take them. Yeah, hey, thanks to quick trip, the girls enjoyed their little. Uh, they call them um, uh, stuffies, basically, like the little the little ice cream cone that are kind of what what would you call plushy, that? Plushy plastic plushy ice cream cones. Yep, yep. The the girls and uh, you know. Two guys, for the people out there that are concerned about the future of Soonerscoop.com and the Tiffany Carey relationship and never been stronger. Me crying at night, being stuck in the middle of this this love triangle. Um there is there was actual video sent from Tiffany to Carrie I know of the girls with the with the toys. They they were very excited. And I also showed up with a gift. Yeah. Yes. She she has told Multiple people about that rescuer's lunchbox. She she was pleased to have that. It's amazing that I grew up straight. That I had a rescuer's lunchbox. <laughs> um, you know, f- m- again, I'm rescuers down under. We talked about it while you were here. That that's uh, I'm a, I'm a number two kind of guy. How Wait, how many years did that come out after rescuers? I think I, th- I, I we've looked it up before. I want to say rescuers itself. Yeah, it was 1997, or 19, I'm sorry, 1977, and then the Down Under was 1990. So you don't see a lot of sequels 13 years apart. We, we talked about this, like, when I was down there. Like, the most fascinating thing about growing up and learning about it when you get older is, like, they, we weren't seeing Disney movies when we were kids, like, as they were released like you do now. Like, mm-hmm. now it's, like, right. Little Mermaid, and then it's... Uh, you know, Lion King, and it just there's a progression, and they make them so you go back to the movies every couple of years. Back when we were little, like Herbie the Love Bug, I thought I saw that. I thought I was seeing that for the first time in theaters. It had been made like 20 years before I'd been born. Yes, there and is it's just like it, that. The first time you learn that, it just blows your mind. Yeah, like I'm that way with music because I can remember listening. You know, like in my my mom's car, like to like Led Zeppelin or something, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And then like now, I'm like, "That song was like 20 years old the first time I heard it." Like, and I remember like being like, "That's that was hard for me to wrap my head around." So yeah, Tiffany and I had a good time. I got to give her a State of the Union address while you did a radio hit. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about the business side of business. Got to tell her all about uh, our World of Warcraft accountant. That she was fascinated by. She, yes, that is, Tiffany's, uh, again, like, Tiffany has multiple science degrees. She's a little bit of a nerd, so it's it's a little surprising she didn't go that route with World of Warcraft or something like that, but, you know, I, I've never caught her with, you know, a, uh, a 12-sided die or anything. And I will say this. I was a little disappointed. You have a nice neighborhood, but it's not nice enough for James Harden. 
No, it's not. It, it's not. That was you actually a, are not as rich as I thought you were. No, we Ouch. we are. We are absolutely not. No, oh no, no. We um we probably shouldn't even live here. We are we are poor poor folk that like to live way far above our means. So we we're gonna sell one of the children at some point. That's our next step if if it's necessary. You can just hide one of their bodies in the tiny trash cans that they give you in Houston. Those are the that tiniest is... trash cans that I've ever seen. I, I, I guess I got to come back to Norman and see these monsters because that one's, I thought that one's pretty large. It was so weird. Anyway, I don't know why. That... Everything's not bigger in Texas. It's I not. Guess. No, keep, no. Keep talking. You're going to incriminate yourself. You need to stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. That's a weird way to end the pod, but that's how we're ending it. Uh, by the way, uh, some cool stuff coming at Sooner Scoop on the Crimson Corner. Should have that announced. Uh, that I think a lot of people are going to like. It's your opportunity to uh, spy on your rival, if if you want to call it that. Uh, I think that's isn't that part of uh, Down South with Kings of Leon? Another lyric: spit on the rivals. I think. Uh, anyway, I just act like I know the words. I don't really know the words of any song. <laughs> I don't even know the words of the uh, national anthem. Yes, you do because you sing it. Uh, anyway, I know that's the problem. I, that's, I, I sometimes I miss some of the words. That did you sing the national anthem before every bingo match? Not before any of the bingo. No. Oh, okay, not that kind of a party. No, I just share the uh, stage with the likes of uh, Willie Nelson and those guys. Yeah. Last concert I went to was there. Toe the wet sprocket. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back again next week. Uh, well, Eddie and I'll be back for the post game, and then we'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.